0: And your last name is pronounced like James Harden.
1: James Harden, my brother, man. <laughs> yeah, he got a beard, similar.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I, I'm I'm so excited for this. This is one of the first episodes of Outside the Box, and this is an Outside the Box conversation. And I'm pumped about having this Outside the Box conversation with mm-hmm. my good friend Derek Harden, yeah. lead pastor at Christ Fellowship. And, you know, big part of my family's life. And, you know, I've been watching you from, from Knoxville all pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm super thankful for that. But, man, it's so good to have you in here.
1: Man, thank you. I'm honored. I love the topic of, or the title, Outside yep. the Box. Uh, that's really, I think, what I've lived to do, and I've found a lot of that. And so I love Knoxville, listening in to Christ Fellowship's incredible technology nowadays. Right. Right? The fact that your family's here in Kingsport. Sometimes they're tuning in online, sometimes in person. But that they can join you online at the same time. Yep. It's amazing. That that literally is outside the box for anybody 10 years ago. That could have been happening.
0: I think we're living in this outside the box moment where outside the box is becoming normal. Mm-hmm. And, and we're looking for those opportunities. Yeah. And before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about community mm-hmm. and, and how we could, how can we foster community in this new world that we live in, mm-hmm. given, you know, there's restrictions now. You know, hopefully they'll be uh, lifted at some point soon. Yeah. Um, but also how can we double down on some of the virtual stuff? Cause I like the idea of being able to talk about your sermons with my parents, mm. you know, on Sunday evenings I so and, and I, them. and I haven't, yeah. and, I, and I honestly haven't been able to do that, mm-hmm. um, not because it wasn't available, but because my I wasn't thinking that way. Sure. Now, yeah. now it's like a first. It's my first thought. Hmm. So, what's your thought on community now?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So we had a guy uh, at the church. I don't know what he said, but he said something interesting that really made our leaders think. He said, "Hey, I want you to think about that. You are now a virtual church with a local presence." Hmm that is outside the box no longer is it you're just a local church with a virtual presence he said i think we need to start thinking the other way and so for us as a leadership team we've had to start thinking differently yeah uh and you know you know you and i were talking this you know you can pull a podcast up from your favorite ted talk favorite sermon, you know, fill in the blank, what you want to listen to. And nowadays you can listen to anything, even the last 20 years. I mean, I I love a guy named John Wimber. Mm -hmm. I can literally go back and watch his 1980s conference on YouTube. It's amazing, right? technology is so good. So I think what differentiates um, that is, is the community aspect. And so locally, you know, obviously we believe the church uh, gathering is important. There's so much happens more than just getting information, but learning to live in the context of community, seeing wholeness and togetherness. But we're trying to figure it out now, try to innovate. What's that look like online for a guy, young man that's in Knoxville? Mm-hmm. We've got people that tune in from California and Dallas and Pennsylvania and Florida and even, even around the world. We have a few people that tune in. And so we're trying to figure that out. And and so for me, you know, I, I don't want uh, just to go through the motions or just to check off the box. You know, we want to bring authentic, real content that invites people. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is... Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. We have a Facebook Live prayer. So, so some of what we're doing here, but it's sure. highly interactive. Yes, and I start that every every week. My wife and I lead it at, uh, on Thursday at 9 a.m. And the intent is is not, they're not just listening to me pray, but we're actually inviting people, whether it's through comments or whatnot, to say, Hey, this is what I have a prayer need for. Mm, yep. And then we're saying, Hey, as you look through the comments, actually, I want you sitting at home, you pray for the person in Arkansas that just wrote that comment. So you cool. pray for this person that comment. And then, hey, and, and, and actually give them a, content or a comment letting them know. And so we're trying to crack the nut, man. I can't say we got it figured out. For sure, we don't have it figured out. But we're trying to take new steps. And, and really, we're trying to innovate, which is, I think, like you said, living outside the box requires innovation. And I do think the potential is here for us to do some innovation. But here's the thing I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to stay in the box. Yep. And they're not willing to grow, they're not willing to change. And what's going to happen, there's going to be a lot of businesses. A lot of churches that were once great that after the next 10 years as things keep moving they're going to look back and say we once were great but we weren't willing to change
0: well what, what do you think that is what do you think keeps someone in the box
1: yeah so one of my favorite topics dr rogers knows is fear okay Yeah. fear so two greatest fears right i think that most humans i think we would all agree with uh we're scared of being alone yep and we're scared that we're not enough
0: e, okay
1: and honestly, so as a pastor, a guy who studies the Word, what what was that An initial separation from the Lord in the garden? Eve felt like in that moment she wasn't enough. The lie was, if you do this, then you'll be like God. And so in that moment, what was the what was the tease? You're not enough. You need to believe it, and you need to take it in your own hands because you're going to be all alone. Whew.
0: That's that's a and lot. I don't know
1: about you, but that's the same thing I hear. This little voice, whether you're a believer or not we all hear that voice, you're not enough. Yeah. You're not, you gotta do something different. You're not enough, and so you gotta be this. You're not enough, so you gotta give love this way. You're not enough, so you gotta act this way. And so if that's the case, if we're operating out of fear, which most of the decisions we make is out of fear, if we think that we're gonna fail, if, if failure's my first thought, if I try this, I'm gonna fail, most of the time we're not gonna do it. And so guess what we do? We can stay in the box, whatever that proverbial box is, whether it's career, whether it's, you know, Horrible relationship, whether it's you know not trying a new new college or you know some kind of degree, we go back and resort to what we know and we play it safe. And so I think that's what keeps most people from stepping out.
0: And that's super interesting. You, you said that because you know one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is because I know a little bit of your story. Yeah. And. Um, you certainly don't look like a lead pastor to me. You look, you look a little I, I, I'll more, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: take, I'll take that one. I don't know what that means. Don't even, that back. I'll just, I'll just take that as a good thing.
0: <laughs> but, but you, you have an athletic background Yes. and, and I know you didn't start off as a pastor kind of, no. kind of walk us through that because I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Mm. And that's mm. probably why you're so, it's so natural for you to think outside of the box as a pastor. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that's because of your journey to becoming one. Sure. So, why like, walk us through that because I know I, I know you you're you're a football guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. w- walk us through.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, love football in general. Um, played football at the Ohio State University. The and and
0: if you've ever watched one of his sermons, he never mentions. It never. Me. I never <laughs> mention, So You're lucky that
1: you heard today. But um, I would say actually my career path. So I started out as a mechanical engineer. I got a degree. I would say I actually made the decision to, to do that because of fear. interesting yeah i would say Uh, my fear was i wanted to have a career that uh was looked like people thought a lot of Mm -hmm. that led me to where i could get an mba and then the mba would allow me to be a ceo of a big company Mm -hmm. and i could make a lot of money and i could have a lot of power all that was fear driven
0: all fear driven
1: all of it every bit of it and so i went from there uh and had a lot of fear a lot of success because we can be really successful in fear but we're actually always limiting ourselves whenever we're operating with fear. But a lot of people have been successful in football and careers because they have a chip on their shoulder. And sometimes we celebrate that, but I actually think if we could navigate through that fear, we, the ceiling would actually be higher for most people, for everybody, actually. So I went from that to engineering into management uh, in, a, in a manufacturing set, and then I moved into healthcare, actually. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. So I spent a year as a, an executive director of an Alzheimer's unit. Um, no way literally rolled in there never been in a residential assisted living before and they gave me to be the boss and it was a terrible setup because the company had been hemorrhaging money they only had like a quarter of the beds filled and they said, we just need something to change here. And yeah. So they knew that's kind of my specialty, to bring change. So here.
0: you you, you came in to rock the boat?
1: Yes. I, well, to bring the boat back to <laughs> but rock the boat in order to get steady. And then from there, actually, was I went through, and you probably don't know this either, I went through the whole Chick-fil-A operator process. No. And yeah, so I went from what literally What valuable experience. Incredible 25-page application to start with, a year process all the way to Atlanta. Uh, was actually beginning to interview for stores in the southeast. Um and here's the funny part, it's actually this ties all together, is I felt like it wasn't actually who God made me to be. Not because it's not a great job, and it's great for some people, but this is the vision I had. It was going to put me in a sandbox.
0: Hmm. It's
1: a great sandbox, very lucrative sandbox to be in, Yeah, lots of opportunities. But my the way that God designed me is I hate to be constrained. I hate to say, okay, this is your little sandbox, as long as you play in this, we're going to pay you well, and you're going to do things. Some guys, that's incredible, men and women crush that and they love it but for me I recognized at that point of my maturing process as an adult that that would actually be a death no matter how much money I had if I was said hey you got to play in our sandbox and play by our rules all the time I would actually shrivel up and die very wealthy but I would have been dead
0: Um, how did you recognize that about yourself like how do you how do you become so self-aware because oh, i lord because that's a hu- wife
1: can you say it to, to my wife that i'm self-aware because i'm growing in that area she would laugh if she heard us hopefully she's watching babe i love it but um yeah so i would say i'm not the most self-aware I, I feel like on my journey though i become more self-aware okay um as uh the lord has worked in my life as i've been open and i think the biggest thing is being honest okay the telling the truth sets us free in yep. every way it sets us free from fear guilt shame sets us on the path of transformation. And so for me, getting to a point in my life where I could just be honest, I didn't have to try to impress somebody or do something for somebody else. And so that's been a process a long one because um, I didn't want to be a pastor. Hmm. There's still days I don't want to be a pastor, honestly. Uh, I think everybody has that. But I do believe that I'm called to be that for this season, whether that's a three-year season or a 30-year season. You know, I'm trying to be faithful for what he's been given me. And so I went from all that to say I went all that and then had the opportunity to become a teaching pastor in Houston um, wrestled with that for a while, so left the Alzheimer's um, unit I was in, became a teaching pastor, was loving that, and then came across this opportunity in some town I'd never heard of before, <laughs> Kingsport, Tennessee, and uh, man... Uh, I've been here for four years. This week's been four years. Uh, That's I unbelievable. Yes.
0: I, I I remember yeah. that moment. You know, like it was yesterday. Hmm. Golly, yeah. it's it. God man, it's, it's it, so fast. T- time <laughs> has flown.
1: Yeah, four years.
0: Yeah, but I but <laughs> I feel like you know your story is so synonymous with what so many people are going through right now. Just in these little pivots, you know, little mm-hmm. changes, and but being open while making them. Mm-hmm. Like how how did you? how did you keep moving forward? How did you not let fear take over, you know, and, and pull back?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, if I could answer that, I'd be very wealthy. Uh, if I could <laughs> get other people to, to, to jump on that, you know, that's what I, I endeavor to do, actually, is, is to help people uh, get through fear. Last time I was on with um, Dr. Rogers, we talked about the the most um, uh, quoted command in the Bible was do not fear, mm. and, you know, and if I believe that the bible gives us a real mirror to humanity and gives us insight into who god is and who he made us to be but for me i i, I think i personally had to be all right with failing and and i know we talk about that fail forward i in it but but it is true like if we're not willing to fail if we don't recognize that part of our human existence is failure then we'll never have any innovation we'll never try a new career we'll never do anything other than what's always been done mm-hmm. And so for me, whether it was football trying out after one time failing and being willing to set myself up for another potential failure, but working through that and making the team to whether it's changing careers and having whiplash, and my wife and I are still trying to figure out what's happening. Uh, <laughs> you will never do that if if your only goal is to not fail.
0: I, I yeah. feel like not fail, not failing is such a big source of fear for so many people. Yeah. And, uh, and I think... If you're afraid to fail, you're not going to do anything, you know, whether that's, you know, within, you know, with your own health or Mm -hmm. with your career uh, and, you know, with what's happening right now. And and one thing I want to talk to you about in a second is is loneliness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because I know I've struggled with it. I know that so many people watching probably have. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, you know, you can, it's easy to stay in that, Mm -hmm. you know, because to get out of it, you have to try something new. You might have to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. Guaranteed. Might might fail. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that kind of, it all kind of ties in with the community thing. Mm -hmm. And like, it's risky to be a part of a community or start Mm -hmm. one or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to kind of invest in one, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm going all over the place, but what's your thoughts on, on, on some of this loneliness stuff?
1: What do we do? I think you got to get to the core, which is, I, I think we got to ask a lot of questions. Um, so I think for me, I would say, what if I'm lonely today, if somebody's sitting here watching and you feel like I'm lonely, you know, when's the first time I felt lonely? Okay, well, what decisions did I make out of that feeling that got me to where I'm today? Then we can really start doing some inner work to say, okay, why am I lonely? And so uh, most of the time, I think it's insecurity, you know, mm-hmm. which insecurity is very close to the core. And I think the core is fear. I know I keep getting back to it, but I think it's the core of almost everything we do, where we find ourselves in. It's the core. Honestly, I think of a lot of the illness, mm-hmm. the mental and body connection. I think science is finding more and more of that out. But but with loneliness, I think it is a fear. I'm not good enough. People think that it's, if I'm around somebody, they're not going to like me. If I say this thing, they're going to judge me, and i are going to think. So it's just safer for me to isolate myself for me to pull myself away from community and then when you get in that place you start hearing voices and that's the beauty of communities it checks us from the lies of the enemy the lies of the world and so when i'm isolated though i don't have anybody to counter what i'm hearing here or what's out here this other voice that may not be that's probably not leading me um where i should be going and so um i think it is fear-based man and, and we're scared and so it does it's a big step yeah um Saying hello to somebody for some people is a huge step, um, but an essential one.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I think it's such a big deal, and I know that you know a lot of people are um, dealing with depression right now, and and mm. and and I'm trying to think mm. about, you know, what is some of the outside the box things that mm. that we can do to combat that, and mm. and mm. a lot of it comes down for me is you know, taking control, like mm. Doing, mm. Something, action, doing something, action, something. And, uh, and I think in order to do something, you have to first maybe get rid of that fear of failing, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and make, make the doing something, the thing versus the result Uh, of what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with, with your journey is you kept doing things, Mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, I mean, are you ever, do you ever feel a little bit like an imposter when you, when you first start something new?
1: Always. Yeah. You're like, man, what am I doing here? For yeah, sure. like do, do I deserve? I don't it? belong here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: It's really interesting, yeah, and yeah. and I think we all kind of go through it mm-hmm. a, at different moments. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you're a new parent, your new husband, yeah, you know, got a new job, mm-hmm. you know, or switch careers. And in, in, mm-hmm. in your case, and my case certainly, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, it's something that we all go through. And I think that's also helpful to know that we yeah. all go
1: through it. It's the human condition. Yeah. The human condition. I will say one thing that that was we say this a lot to people is it's really hard to turn something that's not moving Mm. and so even if i'm moving at a snail's pace there's potential to steer and to turn but if i'm set in my ways i'm not willing to move forward even honestly move backward any movement at all i think is better than just staying still if i'm not willing to move i can't be turned and so i love what you said man what's one little thing maybe today you just get out and take a walk yeah you know, maybe that's a huge step for you. Maybe today you send a text to a family member. Uh-huh. I don't know. But yep. but what if that one little step you can take to start building some momentum and start moving the ship forward again?
0: Yeah. yeah. And you can, I mean, socially, that's a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, it's like you said, sending a text message, it's um, setting up a, a night where you get together with a buddy of yours, oh you days, know, making yeah. sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm also kind of hearing making a priority out of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, making yeah. it a priority out of this type of growth thing, mm. which I think can help a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's mm. just, it, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating time. And, and one that I think that, you know, we can learn a lot from, yeah. you know, we can if either, willing to.
1: yes, yes,
0: yeah. yes. We, yeah. we either can take steps backward, just like the church, we can take steps backward with the whole virtual thing, or mm-hmm. we can, you know, embrace it and try mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, how can we build community, you know, outside of the brick and mortar? Yeah church. It's so good, man. You know? Yeah. It's just interesting. But man, this has been, like, I, I'm really excited to have you on the show because you're like a embodiment of, of outside <laughs> the box. That's
1: good. I, I hope I continue <laughs> that. That's awesome, man. Yeah.
0: But wow. uh, but I do appreciate Is there any, uh, one thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, we got a question the other day about a yeah. kid, and I I, I think you, you were prefaced this before. It, yeah. Uh, there there's a lot of kids who are dealing with things that we didn't have to deal so with. So much, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure you're seeing it with your own kids, like mm-hmm. wearing a mask and, and being away from your friends, yeah. having to do things through a computer Virtual
1: schooling. So hard. Yeah.
0: Have you seen, have you seen depression in kids? Like, has that been something?
1: So I've, I've talked to a lot of parents. So, so my kids, I don't think are so much depressed uh, Kate and I have been really purposed, uh, to not try to bring any anxieties and let them just feel it. So we've done a lot of the normal things as a family that we've tried to do. But yeah, so many friends, and, and honestly though, even our kids that are super great students, we're very hands-on, they're not doing as well in school, which is hard, right? And so I can imagine a kid who has not parents that are right there in the midst, that maybe you're just checked out or too busy with work, that don't have that, I don't know how that happens. But yeah, many kids, I think even in our youth group, they're starting to see some of that of, of trying to navigate this odd season where you know kids especially middle school high school age they thrive on community they thrive on recognizing they're not alone in this fear mm-hmm. this this new whatever uh, hormone that's going on at that time like it's not just them right and so uh, i do think it's a dangerous place if we're not really purposed to address it um, yeah. and we are seeing more of that and i think you guys would be able to speak into that on a macro level of of what the potential long-term effects are going to be for kids and and the need to address some of these things sooner than later.
0: How do we get them interacting in a way that people feel comfortable with?
1: that's a loaded question. (laughs) Uh, So I I, I mean, so at some point we're gonna have to take some steps that that some people aren't gonna be happy with. Um, You know, it's some people were just, there's always gonna be something we're gonna do that somebody disagrees with, but I I do think that there's room and we're seeing uh, data College data, university studies that are showing the need, the importance, but also the safety in it, and so I I do think um, there are going to be some steps we got to take to get kids back in this community. We're trying to do that as a church. We're trying to even lead, even our community-wise. You know, not everybody's happy with every decision I've made in leading the church, and that's just part of it. But but we want to start getting people back together physically when it's possible. Um, yeah, we are wired for that. You know, we're wired and for so, it. So and kids specifically. Um, that don't have the full frontal lobe and everything developed they they can't process as, as with as much maturity as adults can and so for them to have community, it's at the top of my list
0: yeah I, I, I'm hopeful I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that we're you know towards the the latter part of this mm-hmm. and that but especially for the kids because yeah. um, I can't imagine mm-hmm. having school being taken away sure. and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature so. Uh, so we're hopeful, and you know we're gonna think think about the kids right now. But uh, but man, this has been a blast. Yeah, man, I thoroughly enjoyed I it. Let's really you appreciate sometime, you being man. on here. I would enjoy it, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been outside the box conversations. I'm with Derek Harden. I'm your host Ben Rogers, and as always, we'll see you next time.